0: on this episode of big lens fast shutter we talk about the uh, world cup matt talks about his accident with the authorities again you win which i get really angry we go cross country and we talk about pictures on the world cup so it's the world cup edition the 40th uh, anniversary of uh, big lens fast shutter coming next you can- this is view Vocal.
1: Shalom, this is Matt Cohen.
0: Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten and I know you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way since this is a 100% user-funded audio, visual entertainment. Please click on the PayPal donations link on our website to show us how much you love us because we are here to make you a better sports photographer. Now, big two months news.
1: News. Here at News, both Ryu and I will tell you about our best and worst shoot of the previous month. And we talk about ourselves because we are world-famous sports photographers.
0: And we are because... Nah, you know what? Hey, let me do the big thing later. I'll let you do your medium to small stuff now, Matt Cohen.
1: (laughs) Wow, I'm really honored. Thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, sorry, by the way, I just want to apologize really quickly for... Um, uh, we've been busy, both of us, very, very much so. And I think we need a bit of a summer vacation, so we took our early one. So we had one month off doing stuff. And just want to apologize for that. It's not like we've abandoned you. We're back to where we were left you a couple months ago. And uh, we're just going to go back to our regular, regularly scheduled programming. So, Matt Cohen, for the month of June and pretty much of july what (laughs) happened in your life
1: well it's been a crazy rodeo season so far (laughs) and june was probably the best example of the highs and lows of it so i went to a rodeo actually it's actually the closest decent sized rodeo to where i live it's like 40 minutes away it's called livermore livermore rodeo Mm. if you've been with us for a while you will remember that when i had my sports illustrated picture of the year it was from the livermore rodeo and i've had a bunch of pictures from there published in various places so this year i went and during the first day there was the barrel racing was going on and out of the corner of my eye i saw this horse kind of not running the same way all the other horses were running and so i you know tr- kind of tracked it and this girl was riding this horse and it was going right towards the barrel but she ended up flying off the horse
0: oh that's the one
1: (laughs) so i was i don't know definitely less than 10 feet away from where she fell off and had a series of about seven pictures with pretty wide lens you know pretty close to me and good action and it was it was cool like you don't ever see pictures like this like there are pictures of people falling off but it's never that close to you wow did she die so uh no she was fine Uh, A little embarrassed. Uh, The horse ran around the arena a couple times, and all she could do was stand there, so it kind of sucked for her. So anyway, long story short, I put up a couple of the pictures. I put up one picture of that and some other ones on Facebook, and it kind of blew up from there. She wasn't happy that it was on Facebook, and she used some of her connections there to have me kicked out of the rodeo. So... (laughs) Even though I had my PRCA card and was credentialed to shoot the rodeo, I uh, managed to get myself kicked out, which is definitely not the first time and probably not the last time. But For posting
0: stuff that you are allowed to post? I don't really yeah, understand what
1: there, there was some kind of her. She thinks that because the picture was of her that I wasn't allowed to post it, but. That's certainly not the case, but it was too late by the time everything got straightened out. I ended up getting an apology from the committee and it was kind of written up to be a misunderstanding. But um, in the meantime, it kind of (laughs) took on a life of its own. And everybody who I know in Rodeo was posting pictures of themselves getting bucked off to say, you know, it's really not that big of a deal and grow up and the world champion tie down roper went on to his radio show and talked about it and it brought so much traffic to my website that it crashed and (laughs) it ended up being kind of funny but also kind of a pain in the ass because you know it's never fun getting kicked out of an event Mm. but anyway so that was the worst but then the best was the next week when I went up to Reno which is the biggest rodeo that I shoot you know basically had the run of the place for 10 days and did some of the best work that i've done yet so that's that's how quickly things can turn around so yes just gotta stay at it well that's really good
0: i guess if you really want to do any sort of yeah sports photography i think matt's situation is a bit unique you probably won't get something like that in other sports because i things are a bit more like centrally organized and it will play fair to most people even though you have to kind of consider the fact that Matt being an asshole for any situation, any given situation, it doesn't really resonate for the entire sports photography community. Like it doesn't really happen like that all the time. I mean, we, we, we joke about it all the time, but the fact that like these things happen on a regular basis in rodeo to me is a bit of a, I don't know, it's a bit crazy, you know? They're not even crazy, I like guess it's just, it's it feels like it's things are just you know, rules are made up as they go. Well
1: they yeah, they absolutely are. And yeah. part of the problem is that you have people who get to be in charge of something for exactly two days every year and they're gonna take advantage of that. And then you have people, the actual people who are in charge who they don't find out about it until much later. Mm. Um you know, the the thing about this is that you know, you can go to, if you're credentialed and you go to a pro event, whether it's baseball or soccer or whatever, like say you take a picture of some guy getting hit in the head with a baseball, you're not going to lose your credential over that. You can post that, you can do whatever you want with it, you're not going to get in trouble. But on the flip side of that, if you are shooting, I know we have people who shoot Little League and high school and things like that, you know, it might be up to the principal or it might be up to the coaches. If you can shoot it again, and if you shoot a picture of a little kid getting hit in the head or anything embarrassing or something like that, you could definitely find yourself on the outside looking in. So I wouldn't discourage you from shooting what you see, but you know, probably some discretion is advised before you're posting it if if you think there might be some kind of problem that could stem for it. I I mean, you know, it's, this it is... makes no
0: sense to me. Like, it's no, like for it, instance, no, you know, I shot the World Cup. By the way, just so you know, we kind of start on that side of things. And I have shot some funny faces and weird poses and things like that. And if I posted them online, not just the World Cup, but like just you know regular regular ma- uh, leagues and Champions leagues and whatever, like friendlies. But I've never ever gotten anyone to say, "Please take it down," because I look ridiculous. I think because of the fact that it's during a match like, that anything goes I think it will be a different situation when you're doing like a paparazzi type of thing and you're just like you know waiting inside of a restaurant I mean uh, I'd rather start a restaurant and take pictures of these football players or celebrities for that matter but in a sporting event these things happen like you have embarrassing moments it's a bit ridiculous that people would think that it's their right to like take have these like images or whatever is like videos like taken down and most people don't care you know they're, like, in a way, like, they're a bit beyond that and say, so you know what? It doesn't really matter for us because these things happen. I still make, you know, billions of, you know, dollars doing what I do and you don't. So who cares if I have a, you know, a stupid picture of me all over the Internet? We'll do a bit more no Masterclass about me because it is the 40th episode and I thought I'd make it special because it's my accomplishment see how I kind of make the whole thing to my thing this one um, no it is because it, it is it is um there's a world cup and it comes every four years and I did it four years ago and now I went to Brazil for a month and a little bit uh leaving my cats two cats and my wife behind and uh, none of them were very very happy that I was out, gone for a month but they put up with me because they love me well I well I hope they do still yeah we'll talk about it more in master class it was um it was, <laughs> it was tiring it was very, very long and I'm sick of eating rice and beans and meat because that's all they do over <laughs> there, anyway. First of many advertisement thing, I will be that, the the book will be made. Um, I got funded on Kickstarter. If you're interested in still buying the book, because you, you still you still can, it's uh, www.ryuxrio.com. dot com. and yeah, you can still buy it. So that is it, and um, I'm just gonna because we talk a lot about Matt we we was supposed to talk about me today. And so we're going to go to Masterclass. But before that, um, we don't have any donors to thank because I think people kind of forgot about us for the past month and a half. But we have a service called Critical Beatdown. And for people who might be listening to this for the first time ever, uh, Matt and I will take your portfolio. Was it 15 images, right? Yes. 15 images. And we will discuss it for an hour. So your portfolio for an hour like really with a fine tooth comb from a, from a professional you know like uh multiple award-winning professional photographer eyes we will have it look i will have look at it very very carefully it will make comments it will make criticism obviously and also some um improvements you can make to have um a better portfolio Therefore, you can actually go to an editor for an agency or newspaper or magazine, and you can present it, and you might have a better chance, uh, better luck of uh, getting that job that you always wanted in is, uh, in the area of, of sports photography. So it's critical beatdown. Um, more information are available at our site, which is biglensfastshutter.com. That's it, and I think it's the first time I actually did a critical beatdown advertisement here on the show but it says that we have to do it so that's what we did um that'll be it for news it's very long let's worry about that In master class we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears you got something to say tell us at biglensfastshutter.com. Matt was supposed to have five questions, but he said he doesn't have any. So we will discuss my awesome, fantastic adventure in Brazil for a month. And, uh, yeah, here's Matt Cohen to kind of, like, you know, guide us through this whole thing and have a good time. And, you know, have a couple of tea, have some scones in Brazil. So, yes. What do you want to know? So... What do you think people want to know?
1: I Well, yeah, I don't want to know anything because I really don't care very much about it. Um, See. I think that some of our listeners might be interested in it so I guess I'll start with what was your plan for what matches you were going to shoot?
0: My plan was to initially my plan was to have the kickstarter backers vote on which matches I would be going to. I thought it was a brilliant idea like we'll have a vote and it'll be really fun and everything and then I told it to my wife and a couple of the people who were involved in projects, it's the dumbest thing you can possibly think of, it'd be so complicated, which is like not really worth it. Most of had to do it at the end of the funding, which was the day I was going to leave for Brazil. So which probably isn't a very, very good thing because the flights would be very, very expensive. I ended up basically two days of booking flights all around Brazil. Um, I ended up going to 11 cities of 12 and then i didn't go to natal which is the only place but all the other places i went to did i see anything except for a stadium no most places i really didn't but uh, that's kind of how it goes when you're shooting i shot 20 matches in, in 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 a month in 32 days something like that the reason for deciding which matches to go first was how cheap it was and second was basically how if i can actually get there on time because if you shoot a match, and you go to bed, and you wake up in the morning, the matches were at 1, 3, and 5, like, I think, like, yeah, something like that. For the group league stage, which was the first two weeks of the, uh, the World Cup. So you can probably imagine, with this many, that many people traveling all at the same time and going different places, flights were booked, flights were expensive, and flights didn't go at the time that I, I wanted to fly. I just picked the, the, the cheapest and the ones that would actually get me to the match on time. As well as I wanted to shoot as many teams as possible. So I did go to Nigeria versus Iran. I did go to Korea versus Belgium. And like all these crappy matches, I really wanted to go. But I had to go because I thought that was very, very important to me. Unfortunately, I did miss teams such as Mexico. I missed most of Colombia as well. I didn't really get to shoot because I had to shoot Japan and says crap. Yeah, because I I, I was uh, reminded by my friend today that I missed the uh, the funniest coach of the entire World Cup, which is the crazy guy from Mexico, which I Mexico. I didn't even know yeah. I until today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so that was my um, the way I, the way I flew, way I flew. Yeah, the way I travel. By the way, if you're ever gonna go to Brazil, and if you're gonna travel from uh, between uh, São Paulo, Rio, and Belo Horizonte, you should take a bus. It's cheaper it's more comfortable it's actually probably a bit faster considering what how long or how far these uh, airports are and uh, i highly recommend it it's really, really 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 good had i known this i would have actually saved a lot of money but obviously i didn't so i had, i kind of blew like you know a couple hundred uh, euros because i i booked a flight instead but i canceled it and i took a bus later on
1: anyway so how did you balance shooting for the book versus other responsibilities that you had? Because obviously you don't want to have any of the pictures in the book look like really any other of the pictures in the book. But you still need to have pictures that yeah. you can sell.
0: Um, I had a deal with like Howler and Deadspin because they were kind of working in conjunction during the uh, the World Cup that I would provide one image per match. So that was 20 images that I'll have to provide for them. That was going to be the only, that those were going to be the only pictures that would be available online or anywhere. Because the whole point was for me to not, you know, show any pictures really. Because why would you want to buy a book where, all the uh, the you know photos have been published and you can see them online and or or on, on paper for magazines i did ha- i had to like submit a couple but there was only related like for, there was only going to be for like japan i didn't think i got that many published like maybe 4 or 5 in total maybe even less i don't really have to worry about that either in all business was not very very good during the world cup for people who bought the book or are thinking about buying the book It's going to be uh, better because most of the pictures that will be in the book, you've never ever seen in your life, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's good to kind of stop here. And regardless of Ryu's experience there, hats off for figuring out a way to make it profitable for yourself. But this is the secret that you really only find out once you're in sports photography. Shooting the Super Bowl, shooting the World Series, shooting the World Cup might be fun. It might be something that you want to be able to say that you've done when it's all said and done, but it's far from nope. the most profitable thing. Shooting a preseason NFL game can be far more profitable than yes. shooting a much, Super Bowl. Uh, reasons for this are there's going to be fewer photographers yes. at that preseason game. The pictures that you make there, especially if, say there's a rookie that comes in in the second half and he gets a bunch of playing time, there's no pictures of him with the Mm. uniform of his team. Those pictures can be used for several weeks, and so you can sell them and sell them and sell them. But the Super Bowl is... You know, if it's not in the paper the next day, it's not going anywhere. Like, SI is going to have seven or eight guys there shooting. The Getty and Reuters and AP are going to have their guys there shooting. So, unless you have some kind of deal beforehand, yeah, you're really not going to sell won't. anything at all. Um, too much competition, too many good photographers there. And besides their skill, because not all of them are good, but they have pre-arranged distribution or they're working Mm. directly for somebody so you know this is why people when while i was going around and shooting the rodeos that i shot this summer everybody was asking me why i wasn't at the world cup and you know besides not wanting to put it in the time going to the confederations cup and you know trying to sort out my own access to all of that at the end of the day what do you have is how many people shot the final two hundred yeah. Yeah. Like I watched on TV and there were every seat was taken all the way around the field other than the benches. So that's not a situation that I ever want to put myself in. I want to be one of five guys shooting or one of two guys shooting. That's how you make money. So if 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 you're wondering that you don't go where there's 200 photographers, you don't go where there's 75 photographers at a regular NFL game. You go where there's 30 or 15 or something like that to try and make some money and yeah it's nice to have on your list of yes i shot the super bowl and yes i shot a world series and a rose bowl and whatever but that's not where you make your money
0: and i think it's a very good point and something that really needs to be um kind of pounded into your head that if you're going to do this as a business this is something that you need to realize that fewer the people who are covering it the better the money is case in point i spoke to a japanese magazine like provide uh photos for them regularly and i asked them like so why didn't you contact me for any of the photos for the woke up and they said we had a deal with an uh, exclusive deal with an agency i think they got a really you know good deal like per picture better than actually uh, cheaper than paying me that's what they did so they didn't use anyone else but the, that agency and that was it there you go because everyone would save money
1: the the price yeah the price of pictures and, and what willing what people were willing to pay for them When Getty's trying to corner the market and the other agencies are trying to respond to that, the price of pictures that anybody can get anywhere is approaching zero very, very quickly. It's just the facts. I know it's hard to hear, and I know that if you haven't been in it like we have, you're probably, oh, they're just trying to keep us out. Well, that's certainly not Mm -hmm. the case. I couldn't care less if... There Were 201 or 200 photographers there, but the the point of it is that the more that there are, especially with the big agencies covering it, and they're always going to be the bigger events, then it's just no. not worth it
0: unless you're making a book.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, unless you can figure out a way to make money that doesn't yeah. include a lot of people like hoping and praying that you'll be able to sell something. After yeah, a account. lot of
0: people that I spoke to like lost a lot of money on this world cup as well because everything was very expensive like flying and lodging like the hotels and things like
1: that and yeah people couldn't really afford well yeah and you you look at a country that's big like brazil is and then you look at you know where was when was it in germany in oh six or something yeah yeah so it's very small country um you know i don't yeah i don't think it's too hard to to figure out that the travel costs and things like that were going to kill people and i'm sure it did yeah that's what happened so when you um, so what was it like as the number of matches started dwindling into the knockout rounds? What was it like trying to get to those matches and arrange to have credentials for them?
0: So how this whole thing works? I wrote on the blog post is that first of all you have to apply to FIFA saying that I want an accreditation for the World Cup. Then you get like the general; they'll say yes or no, and if they say yes, you get the general accreditation, which will let you in, will let you have the chance to go to the matches. And then what you need to do is you need to then apply for individual matches. So let's say if it's America against uh, Portugal, you have to go to the FIFA uh, media site where they give you the username and password. You go in and there's a media ticketing section and you apply for it if you want to go shoot in a tribune, if you want to go shoot in a pitch. And then you wait for FIFA to respond and then they say yes, you're in then on top of that you have to you're then assigned to a group up until four groups depending on what kind of match it, match it was but just for arguments let's just make it three the first group the first priority group are the teams that are playing so in that instance it's usa and portugal media so tv well not really tv because it's the only photographer thing so it's usa and uh, portuguese american and portuguese uh, photographers will get precedence um, priority over all the other media Yes, you want to know where Getty and AFP and AP, they already, already have a place. Their places are probably already bought. So therefore, they don't have to go into a stupid thing that, that we have to do of um, trying to get into a better priority group so that we can get better seats. So, second group is if Brazil's not involved in the match, and it will be Brazil all the time, it's the host media. And the third group, I'm going to, to to go to the fourth group. Third group are the countries that are in the World Cup. So, for instance, Sweden will not be in the th- uh, group three because they're not in the World Cup. They will be in group number four, the countries that are not in the World Cup. So, therefore, you get um, your assigned to these priority groups. You go to the media center that morning or that day that you come. You're given a number of that priority group. So, you get like in you know, a group number two priority number 12 it's just basically a first come first serve then they call out the priority groups um at the desk and then once your number is called so priority group number two number 12 then you get to select your seats wherever that will be available you, you can imagine like uh matches like nigeria versus Iran, which i just keep on saying that are the worst matches that i saw in the whole in, the entire world cup there's basically no way there um what well, last i checked there were about 15 people at that match 15 photographers I think it kind of went up to like 20 but yes 20 photographers compared to what we had in the final which was 200 yes yeah, so it's like you know um, 10 times less so what you can do is you can sit wherever you want you can select your seats but uh, yeah you are basically able to move as, as to many places as possible not during the the match but at halftime you can basically move there's some like flexibility and inflexibility involved in where you can sit and can't sit depends on who is governing uh, who is um looking over your shoulder like the fifa officials some people are a lot more flexible some people are really not and really just kind of depends on the whole thing and um as you get towards like everybody got in until the semi-final but the final is a different thing i live in germany and i'm registered in germany so therefore i was in priority group one so i got in very easily because i didn't have to do anything because i'm german media so miss germany is in the final i'll be in it but for people like uh, my colleagues who were you know most of them are japanese they had to be on a waiting list and uh, fortunately most of them got in so they had really no problem whatsoever in getting in this time which is really a stark contrast to what happened during in south africa where most of us got sent to the bleachers, not bleachers, to the Tribune. So that wasn't much fun. Um, basically, if you're in, you will be able to shoot all the matches up until the semifinals. For the finals, it really depends on your experience as a uh, international sports photographer. So you've actually shot a lot of FIFA events or seniority or the fact that you, you know, uh, you shoot for the country that is playing in the final.
1: So how obviously you know, shot 20 matches in less than a month or about a month um what did you do to because obviously fatigue starts to come in and uh the repetition of it all like how did you towards the let's let's take out the final and the semi because obviously those are a big enough deal to get up for all by themselves but let's say you know the end of the group stage is in the beginning of the knockout stage you know how did Just, you keep it going at that point i
0: don't know sheer will <laughs> I, just, I, fe- I, I fell asleep on a couple of the matches like I I literally like I fell asleep and i wake up like it's like because sometimes it's so too hot you know and you're just so tired that you just i i fell asleep it was so hard for me to keep myself awake the latter stages of the uh, yeah the group stage and then the beginning of the knockout stages like because some of them just went on forever and ever and ever i had to do this like i i promised like i now had a book that i had to deliver that was the biggest thing that was my biggest motivation that like i have to do this for the people Who paid you know good money for the book that I'll be making and I couldn't really let them down by saying oh I'm sorry like I just kind of you know burn out on day you know 5th 21 and I'm not going to shoot him I can't do that. So I just kind of kept it going and the people who were around me were helping me out as well and I got to rest a bit but honest to God it's um I woke up almost every day automatically It got six. And I couldn't go back to sleep because I was so wired and that happened for the entire month and I couldn't sleep that much and I couldn't eat either. I lost a lot of um, weight during the whole thing as well. Takes a lot out of you and especially being a freelance and I've only stayed in hotels for max four nights the whole thing because the rest of the time I stayed at people's houses. Nice as it is to be able to save money and people staying other people's houses and I'm very forever grateful for the people who let me stay in their um, in their apartments or their house. You can't hundred percent relax because it's not your place. I think my wife sent me this, um, or someone else like sent me this video of this, you know, the Getty photographer and how tough it is to like get go to these matches. Like, give me a fucking break, you know. You get a bus that's waiting for you when you grab the airport, and they drive you to directly in front of the media center. Like, what I had to do, like, I got I got to get a cab. Which will take me like at least to the perimeter of the, the stadium because it's all blocked up for um so demonstrators cannot go in. So you walk with all your gear plus all your stuff that you're basically u- using. So the monopod and then your you know bag like lens changing bag and your clothes and everything else you know in a backpack and you're walking in really hot weather for like you know three kilometers. Uh, that was like what two miles like uphill and it was horrible. Like, I was looking at things like, my God, you guys could to stay in a hotel. You guys could just chill out late in the evening. You don't have to really worry about anything, money stuff, because you're all paid for. And I was like, thinking, like, good God. Like, how could this be a hard thing? Like, I'd love that, you know? But I think the advantage of me, me being would actually stay at other people's places were that they would take me to the favelas and other places that people were playing football that giddy photographers probably wouldn't even have access to because it's just the fact that it's not very safe and i was able to actually do that and i got a lot of shots because of that and yeah i'm grateful for for that so grass always green on the other side but um i would like to have actually had a bit of luxury but i don't know maybe at this juncture In my career, I'm just like, I have not, yeah, I um, I haven't won any wars or anything. So, not really worthwhile to earn me a spot of a a private bus that picks me up at the airport and drops me off at the uh, front of the stadium.
1: Yeah. So, I guess the only other thing is, did anything crazy happen while you were there? Like something that you didn't plan for or something that you had no answer for? Ah, Yes, I did. did I didn't
0: shoot enough Aerochrome stuff. I wish I had because I just got the scans back from the Aerochrome and I do like them but I wish I, I shot more and the problem is that I only had one lens that went with my my Mamiya 6 and I do have another one but it was like f like 5 like 4.5 it was like really high you know uh no it was like 5.6 and the speed of the film is 400 so i didn't really want to either push it either so because it's um it's an infrared film well kind of infrared so i was forced to shoot 400 iso 400 throughout the whole you know the tournament i think i was just really worried i literally really really worried if i was going to have enough shots for the book so i really concentrated on using the digital one which is you know my digital camera and not the manual film camera i think when i realized that i wasn't shooting enough it was a bit too late I was already at the semi-final and realized like wow i only like shot six rolls all together which is nothing because i bought i brought 15 and I even bought five more from the fucking guy who sold these things for it's 40 euros per roll just so you know it's really expensive film I should have shot more. That's really my my biggest regret and the biggest surprise. Any other surprises? No, not really. But the buses thing that I just told you about, the fact that I should have taken a bus a lot more often, cheaper, better, safer, cleaner. You can sleep, you know, know, it's good stuff. Any other stuff like, yeah, food is crap in Brazil. So if you're going over there for more than a couple of days, you should be aware that it's really, literally, you're not gonna be any vegetables at all for a month. Like, there's no vegetables. They don't believe in vegetables. Well, vegetables, if you don't consider rice and beans as vegetables, like, yeah, the rest of the stuff is not. They just eat meat. Like, that's all they eat. So if you're Matt corn, you'll probably die. You won't survive. Like, you won't survive, like, a day. <laughs> I could live
1: I could live on rice and beans for, for a month. little
0: bit. Well, they do actually have those, like, um, cheese breads. Really, really good. You can eat that. You can eat dairy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're surviving cheese bread and yeah. rice and beans, you know, for a month. But yeah, you get like, I, you know, my <laughs> wife is vegetarian and I'm not, but I eat a lot of vegetables at home and I like them. And I don't get to eat any in Brazil. So yeah, I lost a lot of, I just kind of got sick of eating. But all in all, it was great. <laughs> I had a good time. um I think what my mother said, my wife said, my friend said, I'm just glad you got back
1: home alive and not in a body bag. So it was a success you're listening to this on itunes thank apple and then rate us the higher we are rated the more popular we are and one day we might be featured as the top sports photography podcast that's it
0: Not only is you win a monthly themed competition, it is your chance to bask yourself in sports photography limelight. Listeners pit their photos against one another for a chance to enter the kingdom of BLFS and of course win a t-shirt while you're at it. If you want to play along, pause this podcast now. Pause? Good. I can hear the cat in the background. Now go to our Flickr group page and click this month's You Win thread. Will you win? Find out now. We had about two months to recruit people to do this. And we had about six images. And I thought, well, okay, I'm gonna go and look for a bit more because I always do that. Not that we I don't like, I don't really trust the level of the people who are participating in UN. Sometimes very, very low to the point that I just get very sick of it. And sometimes very, very high. And we have a lot of photographers here that are are very very good. And I expect them (laughs) to get photos that we ask them to get. I went through our group, basically found nothing and then I went to the other group. Well, there's another, like, there's a couple more photography groups on Flickr. And basically, it's so slim pickings. And the fact that, like, I mean, we weren't asking for anything really complicated, it's celebrations. And celebrations happen every single game. It doesn't matter what you're playing, there's always gonna be, you know, fist pump and jumping in the air, sliding, whatever. Like, people are excited playing the game that they play. And they celebrate. I did say celebration is kind of like the league winning thing, but I would have. I said I would have accepted anything that means basically people being happy about the performance, their goals, um, winning, whatever. But there's so little of it. And what really makes no sense to me is that sports is about winning and and losing. There is going to be a winner. There's going to be. A, there's going to be a loser. And the fact that you guys don't shoot them and you only shoot these stupid action pictures that there's dime a dozen like there's so many of them and basically you know like there's no thought that goes into these things. Um, if you like you know let Matt talk about like all the crappy uh motorsports pictures that that uh, that he's gone through me recently I mean it's just it's disastrous. So I don't really understand what you're thinking when you're shooting sports that you only think about action and you don't really think about the ultimate goal, which is to win and to lose and for you to not to capture these things is it's criminal you know it's it's and you don't really do a good job either
1: well I here here's what's happening and I can almost guarantee this is what's happening in like 90% of these is that a big play happens and people are rushing to their camera to see if they got it or not that picture is gonna be there if you got it it's gonna be there if you didn't get it mm-hmm. it will wait for five minutes while you shoot the celebration before you go back and look to see if you got it. You have to break that habit. Looking at your at your pictures in your camera isn't bad, it isn't wrong. I remember when I first started, it was I don't, it was like a debate, it was like a thing. You know, oh, you shouldn't do this. Well, the screen is there for a reason and if you're doing something wrong, then you need to be able to see that while you're shooting. Like that's the whole benefit of shooting digital is that you can see what's going on and correct it. The thing is that if you're using it at the wrong time, then you're screwing yourself. And that's what's going on here is that people are, you know, if there's a crazy play or an important play in the game or something, they're looking at the back of their camera rather than shooting. And I see it all the time while I'm shooting. Like, I'll be shooting and I'll hear the person next to me not shooting and I'll look and that's what's going on. Crazy. Keep, you have to keep shooting through the end of the play. You have to keep shooting because those little moments, like somebody mad at themselves because they got, you know, they got thrown out or something like that. Like, yeah, it's great that you get the ball coming back into the first baseman's glove when he pick you know, the the pitcher picks him off of first base or something. There's more than that. There's the the reaction of the guy that gets caught, the frustration and the embarrassment of getting caught off of first base or something. It's not going to take all that long. It's going to be over within less than a minute. So wait to look at your pictures until after all that, and you will get more pictures and you'll get better pictures. It's it's just such a – I understand the draw of it, but you really have to break that habit, and the faster you do it, the better off you'll be.
0: But I, I don't really understand. I just, you know, you guys got to start doing these things because it's it's pissing me off more than anything else. You know, I don't really understand why you wouldn't think this is actually an important part of sports. It's winning and losing and the scoring and celebrations and the pain and the everything else the emotions involved they're not robots out there you know they're human beings they feel things and you that's your job is to get that the feeling the emotion there that's the most important thing out of anything even the biggest place in, 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 in human history it is about the winning and the losing and you have to be able to to be able to capture that because that is your job so saying that we could only find two. That was worth talking about. So Matt Cohen, no third place. Number two
1: is yeah. Number two, I have Andre Detox, uh, Ibra Cup under twelve winners. Um, I like the shallow depth of field of it, and I like the confetti in the air and the all the jerseys lined up on the bottom. Okay, interesting because I didn't choose. That yeah, one. well that's fine. Well, I only had two, so that's. that's so fun, I guess we'll make two. three. No? Yeah. Um,
0: my second was. Kevin Dedwelliers Oak Park Los Alamitos Girls Lacrosse CIF Southern Section Championship Four Eight Seven Three, which makes no sense to me. I'm sure the only thing I know is it's girls, it's lacrosse, and they won. It's it's okay because it is slim picking. I'm really sorry to say this, but it really is. If you have a Gatorade moment like this, I don't know. I just you have to get in there. Yeah. That's
1: the, that's why I didn't pick this, and it's not that it's bad. It's just that you're not doing it right. You're that close, um, you know. Yeah, when you, listen, gear is replaceable, gear is fixable, all of that. If you're really that worried about it, then get a think tank cover for your gear. But you may, if you're not going to get in there, you may as well not shoot it because all the good stuff is happening in, in there. You need to get, the face needs to be gigantic in the frame and the water needs to be, the, the feeling of the water needs to be like you're getting surrounded. Like these girls, there's no choice, but they're getting soaked because there's water all around them. But in this picture, it's like an afterthought, kind of like, oh, it's kind of cool. I can see that there's water in there. Mm-hmm. But that water should be overwhelming. The faces of these girls celebrating should be overwhelming. And you're, like, four steps too far back, at least, to, to do that. You need to commit. You need to get in there. And I promise you, the pictures that you'll get will be worth having to clean off your gear or clean off your rain cover or something that, like that later it's on. It's water, I have a picture.
0: you know? It's not like it's yeah. Gatorade. Come on. Yeah,
1: I have I have a... A picture like this from a football, uh, a high school football championship game, and I got soaked, and my the front of my camera got soaked, and you know I just wiped it off, and it was fine. But it was like a waterfall, you know, coming onto the coach from this, and you just push in, and if you're too close, then back off, but don't stop and think, oh, I'm close enough, because it's almost never going to be no. close enough, and it's not close enough here.
0: I got soaked in, soaked in champagne once. We you know doing the celebration thing, like, but why not? I just, you know, just oh God, just get in there. All right, Matt Cohen, number one.
1: Uh, so for me, number one, and it wasn't really close. It's uh, die. I don't even know. De Chico? Yeah. Um, it's
0: Mihal Borman. The no? okay. Yeah.
1: The yeah, the player is throwing the. This is how close you need to be. Yeah. Like he he's in there. Like he's touching. The players who were who were throwing this other player up in the air and those shoes are Certainly less than a foot away Mm. from the lens of the camera. This is how it's done. And is this perfect? It is not perfect But he did everything that he could do given the circumstances he got all the way in there He framed it as best as he could and you know having the people in the background or whatever It's not killing the picture. This is where you need to be Everything good happens right in there, and the closer you are to it, the better the pictures are going to be every single time.
0: Yeah, I don't really understand why more people don't use wide angle and get yourself in there, especially at levels like this where you're you're allowed to do that. I mean, come just get in there, you know. It
1: it doesn't for me, it doesn't matter what the level is at the end of games where well, it
0: depends on access, you know what I mean. If it it doesn't,
1: because even no, no, because. Even at an NFL game, you're allowed onto the field after the whistle blows. Well, you're allowed. You're not, you, you can't assume, do
0: that in football, you know, here. Okay. So. Well,
1: in in the US, if you are if you're on the field at a college football game or any I think baseball might be the pro baseball might be the exception because they run the TV cameras out there to show the same high-five pictures after the game, but football, basketball, Uh, soccer, all of those sports, you can get as soon as the final whistle blows and you know it's blown, you're allowed on the field. So what I do when I'm shooting a championship game or a bowl game or something where I know that there's going to be some kind of emotion going on, I take the 70 to 200 off of the one body and put the 14 to 24 on it. So I can still shoot the rest of the game with the 400, but I have the celebration covered. And so when that happens, I throw the 400 over my shoulder and I run out there and get the celebration with the 14 to 24. And that's, you got to do it. Put the widest lens on and get out there and get as close as you can. That's it. These other pictures, you know, there's emotion in them and I'm not going to deny that, but the difference between there being emotion. Okay. I can, these two girls in, um, Mike Cohn's picture. Yeah. Obviously they're upset or whatever, but the problem is he's just too far away and there's no impact to it. So your brain says, yes, these girls are dejected, but you're not feeling anything based on this. And we can go right down the line mm-hmm. for all these other pictures. It's just you're just too far away. And some of them, like this baseball picture, I get it. That's the best you could do given that circumstance. But nobody said that you had to get an emotion picture from shooting baseball. No. Shoot something else where you can get that. You know, These other pictures where the common denominator in all these pictures that aren't good is is that you're shooting from the sidelines and it's just so difficult It's so difficult to get the motion when you're that far away it's just the the impact for every foot further away that you are it just falls off from there
0: and you really have to just be like just also like you know the um like wh- what how the events will kind of come by during a match you really have to be aware of it whatever the sports is that you're taking picture off like when they're going to celebrate when they're not going to celebrate when they're going to show decent emotion when they're not going to show these emotions things like that you have to really, really be aware of what's going to happen because you can't be shooting when the the moment is over. You have to be shooting it when the moment happens, and you have to be able to anticipate and be able to guess when these things, when these time, uh, when these events will happen, and you really have to just be ready for it when it does happen.
1: The thing is, you can't guess when it's going to happen. Like you can, you know, if you're shooting the Super Bowl, there's going to be a celebration. You know, when you're shooting a baseball playoff game, there's going to be a celebration. Anything like that, but. Not everybody shoots that kind of stuff regularly. So the thing is, if you're just going to a random high school game, you have to know like, is one of these sides heavily favored? Does one team win all the time? If they win, not much is going to happen. But if they get upset, something's yeah. going to happen. So you have to know about that. You have to know from shooting the game itself, there's going to be players who are more emotional and players who are less emotional, and maybe invest a little bit of time tracking the guys who are more emotional or the girls um after the plays or after the game these this is all the thinking that has or it's some of the thinking that has to go in it but it's not going to happen by accident if you don't actually go out and make up your mind to get pictures like this and do the thinking and the work that takes to get them then you're not going to get them and you're going to be stuck with shooting somebody with their hands up from 40 yards away and it's just never going to be powerful enough
0: and just like you know for the world cup stuff that you know for a fact that um most of brazilian team would cry at every single opportunity so you just have to like you know keep your mind uh and your lens towards them whenever they were about to win or about to lose also like matt said you need to really kind of like understand and remember any sort of like historical background between two teams is it going to be an upset and they're going to be a big celebration if it's you know and how about the other team if it's a upset on the other side that means that the other team will be very very upset as well uh, and the other team will be very, very happy, and you need, we need to actually know that, You need to be ready It's just like kind of basic knowledge in most cases, but at the same time It's never going to hurt for you to understand like, the significance and the magnitude of the match Like Matt said as well, um, who the players will be likely to celebrate as well Like If you've been shooting the same team for one season, you're going to know like which you know um, player celebrates more than the other And that's always going to be very important um, on the flip side, yeah, people getting sad as well. Yeah, I don't really see that either. And, uh, you have to be, <laughs> they would actually shoot that as well. Shoot both. I mean, I, I'd rather actually go for one or the other, depending on how important that loss or that win is for that particular match in yourself or maybe for the client. You have to really be thinking about that as well. But a lot of thing has to be done for this whole celebration thing. And you've basically, most of you I just missed it. So not very happy about this um i don't know why not just like is it really worth it okay you know what let's just have those like uh, the last two the the one you said and the one i said the different ones for number two let's just put those up and then we'll just put the other one up as number one right yeah yeah that will be it for you in for next month um i haven't decided so i'll decide in the next couple of minutes all right that's it
1: If you came here looking for info on Training Ground, you are out of luck. Kind of, but not quite. We've moved it to YouTube, and therefore you'll get to see your rewards and punishments on video. Go to YouTube.com and search for Big Lens Fast Shutter for Separate Words. Think we only say bad things about sports photography? You say we got no soul? Hell no. We're going to prove you wrong with... Cross counter time to hold your fellow sports photographers' hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy.
0: And it's a World Cup edition, so we're gonna do pictures about World Cup. It's good, you know, because you know, we gotta talk about football now. All right, Matt Cohen, which one?
1: So it's really funny how have you noticed that like every time we look at a gallery like this on Guardian or the Big Picture or wherever else that they have a gallery and it's 25 pictures There's 50 pictures and there's like seven good pictures in the whole lot of them and i think that's the case here so i there were a couple that i like in here but i am going to go with number nine this is the one that you had well there's a couple other good ones um why and how and if you can do something similar yeah there's always an opportunity to do something like this and it really just ends up being like How much are you thinking while you're walking around before the game and looking for where you're going to shoot? Are you looking at other things? So there might be a puddle of water that you can use. There might be a sign that's semi-reflective or there might be an angle where you can get two things in the picture that don't go together at all and you can show that, you know, it's kind of weird. This is sliding glass windows or folding windows or something like that. And so the guy, you know, he Mm. must have just been walking around looking for the cafeteria saw cool reflections
0: i wonder if it's actually like shooting from inside out, this is definitely right? inside yeah like this yeah because this is actually like it's shooting yeah. through a window it's like the because i was like thinking like is it a reflection second like, no it's not reflections you can't do no that. it is
1: oh uh, yeah this is like the the, the like the vip or it could be you know? it could just be the announcers you know it could be the press box you know it could be any of it the way that this is composed, like, this is the kind of picture where you really have to nail it. Like, you can't just have a good idea and then go up there and say, you know, you're on the field and like, okay, I, I'm, I have five minutes left in the half. and I'm going to run up there and do this real quick. You really have to mm. be careful about how you're doing it. And this, I guess this was like a kickoff maybe for a half or something like that. Is that what, yeah. That's yeah. probably why they're right in the middle of the field like that. But so that, you know, obviously that's a good time. And if it wasn't, then you would have to go up there and wait for a play to happen in the middle of the field. And there might not be that many players lined up there. So I'm going to guess that this was the beginning of a half or the beginning of the game um or mm-hmm. after a goal or something like that. But so you have to be careful yeah. and you have to say, OK, I found this. But rather than just having two dark lines running up in a semi-reflection or whatever, I'm going to wait until there are actual players being reflected in this glass you really you need to take advantage of what you found and that's what he's done here and it's carefully composed mm. and you really it draws you in like you're looking at it and you're like all right what's going on here and then you see that there's reflections and it's kind of like an opposite and that guy's kicking the ball right in the middle of it all and so yeah my hat's off to this guy for sure i mean he definitely took a risk
0: my other one because i'm took that one is number 11 i think when it comes to this type of level of tournament big stuff you get to go up to the tribune tribune photography sucks dick like it's horrible because of the fact that you're only shooting from basically one angle you can't really do anything you're shooting down all the time the good thing is that you will get one or two really really good photos um, that are very interesting and that's an angle that you cannot get from downstairs on the pitch this is the other one that i thought like wow that's actually quite clever there's a shadow there's a ball and there's a player that's human being just two human beings one's a shadow one isn't this will only obviously happen if there is a shadow hard like that because otherwise it won't show up and during the world cup uh, most of the matches were during the day the shadows are quite hard and you get good shadows but obviously this will not happen a lot because you have to realize that the guy the shadow is made by a guy in the air had this been just, I was just like thinking about the fact, like, had this been a photo of Shadow in the air like that, I would have thought, okay, it's good, but it's not really that interesting. But the fact that there's another guy there and the Shadow, I mean, it's the, the likelihood of this happening and the, is very, and the very, ball very, 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 very low. Yeah, because if without the ball, it would make any sense. I think he got it by luck, but he was ready when that luck happened to him. And we keep on telling you about the fact that to be ready whenever there is something that great happens in front of you. And it's exactly it. I think as opposed to what Matt talked about on the other photo, that you were carefully comp- making sure that like, all the compositions are right, all the lines were straight, and everything. This is kind of the exact opposite. Like, you have to be lucky, but you have to be really, really ready when that comes. Because I don't think he was really going for it. Because he, it's not its not one of those things that he thought, like, oh, it would be great if there's a guy who was jumping in the air and the ball is going to be, you can see the balls well. And there's a another guy who is not a shadow standing next to him. Like, it will not. If
1: if that's what he was trying to do, then this would be more of a perpendicular picture like it would have happened like right in front of him and he just would have been looking down on it the thing about when you're shooting from up top like that, i don't know if people understand what tribune is because it's it's not really called high up yeah it's not really called that here but at the super bowl there'll be there'll be seats reserved for photographers so you will literally be shooting from the stands at the earthquakes the soccer team that i shoot here you can shoot from on top of the announcer stand at the where the Giants play at AT AT&T Park. There are baskets where sometimes there are TV cameras and sometimes there aren't. You can go out in these baskets and shoot down. The thing about it is that there's not really a whole lot that you can do. That's why this picture is kind of cool but it wasn't like um, he didn't do anything spectacular. To He didn't bust his ass to get this picture. It was like when you're shooting down you're not really worried about depth of field. The exposure isn't going to change all these things are kind of like locked in. So really all you're doing is tracking the action and trying to time it properly. But other than that, it's that's it. You're shooting straight down or, you know, at a pretty sharp angle down. So I think if he was planning on doing something like this, he would have waited until it was uh, right in front of him and then it would have been like a more kind of symmetrical, but... Mm. Um, it's nice how it is and it's if you look at it from his perspective it really does look like he's guarding a shadow with the ball and that kind of makes it like surreal a little bit so it's good but it's not great
0: sorry about the fact that we we took uh two months off but i think we kind of both need it you you know it's been very busy um our professional and personal lives now things are pretty much settled uh we'll go back full steam ahead if you're sick of all this niceness and have the urge for some pain why not post your photos and training ground on Flickr? Simply go to flickr.com and search for Big Lens Fast Shutter. Submit your photos and wait for the video to come out. Five, six, five, six, and with that, we end the 40th episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter. It's 40, not years old, but just 40, 40th. Uh, Can't do this without you my wonderful listeners and obviously Rob with two B's uh, our wonderful producer and Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us Better yet do that and subscribe to our blog at biglensfastshutter.com So that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes And obviously if you have that dollar in your pocket Please donate it to us. To recap, Facebook, blog, iTunes, and donate. Rinse, repeat, love us more. See you next month for our 41st episode.